I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and macabre murders from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales that we tell. And it's episode 126, I think. I think it is, yes, absolutely. (laughs) I think you've got it entirely right. I saw the concern in your eyes there. I suddenly was like, oh, I did not think this through. (laughs) (laughs) I I believe you are correct. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. Another right. week is flying past. It's now it's now less hot. Yes, it's, now it's autumn. It's entirely rainy. Oh, it's great. Which I'm very much in favour of. There are thunderstorms, yep. clouds in the sky, and then hints of sunshine. Perfect, yep. perfect fall snuggly Got weather. I wander out in my umbrella earlier. I was quite happy with that. In your umbrella? Well, under my umbrella. Do you just get in it and sort of yes. sail along like a little boat? That is the plan. <laughs> That's how the British do it. <laughs> Down the river to work in my umbrella. If I sound a bit weird on this show, it's because I'm weird. Yeah. But I'm also getting over uh, a nasty cold, which was probably about of COVID number two for me. So for this reason, me and Nick are recording remotely because I did have a very, very faint line on a test. It's since gone away, but I'm still like, it's gone to the blocked up sort of stage now. So she's uh, delightfully snotty, everyone. It's very attractive. Oh, yeah. I have to keep pausing to remove (laughs) phlegm and then Nick has to listen to it, but I cut it out for you guys. I I get full (laughs) effect down the headphones. It's delightful. (laughs) You get it in stereo. (laughs) Yum, 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 Ah, lovely. Any poisonings this week, Nick? I don't believe so. But, I mean, who knows what happened to Her Majesty? Maybe poisoning there. Oh, Charles. goodness me. Oh, Nick. Oh, Nick. <laughs> Des- desperate for the throne. <laughs> I mean, when we're recording this, it's it's not been an hour. <laughs> <laughs> You're already throwing out the theories I'm, I'm, there. Absolutely. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of the conspiracy nuts. Chucking some of my own in there. Indeed. The Queen is dead. The Queen is and dead. And it's pretty momentous. Pretty momentous. It is a big thing. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a very big thing. I mean, you could be king. You could be crowned king, Nick. You never know. You could you be like know. weirdly in line. Yeah, seven hundred and sixth in line to the throne. And as as a few of us have said, you would be a terrifying leader. You're the one that we're most scared of actually becoming leader of anything. You think <laughs> you you could start a cult and yeah. you'd do really really well with it because we'd all listen to you with your quiet nonchalance. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's what I'm aiming for. There's a, there's wheels within wheels. 
it's all a cunning plan. Slowly taking shape. <laughs> this was phase one, was it? This, this, or this was phase 26, mate. <laughs> oh, God. As I said, wheels within wheels. Wheels within wheels. <laughs> what else has Nick been controlling in the universe? Oh, yeah. very good. Maybe one day you'll know. Maybe you won't. Maybe we'll all be dead by then. I mean, I'd like to think I'd be in your inner circle, but that's the thing. Part of me thinks, no, no, I'd be cut out. doesn't matter about our years of friendship. <laughs> You'd be like, no, 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 you're chaotic. No, I yeah. can't trust you. <laughs> you break the wheel. You get, <laughs> in, get in the way of the wheel. <laughs> not in a Daenerys Targaryen kind of way. No, no. moreover, you slipped and fell into the works and it all got gummed up. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still alive and they're like, hi, Nick, funny story. <laughs> funny story. I was getting a drink and I <laughs> fell over. And you leave me in there as a lesson to everyone else. And I still yeah. manage to be annoying while I'm in there. <laughs> <laughs> it's going well. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, diabolical schemes to take over the world and uh, friends being chaotic, I think it is time for us to thank our delicious new Patreon subscribers. Most Certainly we should them utterly marvellous. So thank you very much to, to Trisha Arnold, who has joined us on Patreon. And Captain Glitterwitch. Thank you, Captain. We salute you. <laughs> we salute you, Captain. And Trish as well, obviously. Yes. And Trish. We salute you too. <laughs> You're not as glittery, but we still love you. There's no hierarchy. No. Oh, I don't know. I'm quite near the top. I'm very important, you know. Cult leader. What title <laughs> would you take? Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Grand Master. I don't know, Grandmaster could sound a bit too schooly. Yeah. Um, emperor of all things. <laughs> okay, that works. That's quite terrifying, actually. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, emperor. It's commanding. Absolutely. I feel, I feel it commands respect and an appropriate amount of fear. I get mage slash dunce. <laughs> well, Nick, mm. are you ready? No. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Mm. <laughs> That's a funny noise. Or... We could drink poison and talk about cocktails. Mm, I'm quite hankering for a cocktail. I'm hankering for a cocktail Excellent. as well. Wonderful. Should we go with the first one? What? Yes. Okay. Let's hooray, do that. Hooray, hooray, hooray. I'm in the mood for a cocktail. I've been ill all week, so a beverage would go down very nicely. Because, of course, we can't, we can't, we can't have a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, dear listeners, every week we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell, and it will flavour our cocktail of the week. My story this week, so my pick. And this week's secret ingredient, Nick, is... Hmm. Family. Family. Yeah. <laughs> that was not an easy one. Well, there were options, but they were all more gruesome than the first. Mm. It's not an easy one to come up with. It's a challenging one. I like to throw curveballs at you yeah. every now and then. But family, possibly the greatest poison of them all. Yeah, very true. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, you have cocktail families. Do you? Like sours and flips. Oh, right. Things I see. like that. They're all sort of groups of sours. They're also they're known as cocktail families. They're also oh, they're groups known of... as cocktail families. Ah. So if you Google family cocktail, that's what will come up. All these sort of groupings of different types of families of cocktails. That's the first thing that comes up really when you Google cocktail families. So we could have just had a load of cocktails in one family. Exactly. So we could have just gone sours and just had all the sours. Yay. Um, <laughs> but we're not doing that. Uh, oh, we're not doing that. Okay. No. So I I thought about. I thought, what does family mean to me? What does what do I think about when I think family? I, I shudder to think. Actually, <laughs> am I supposed to guess, or do you not mean? No, to go no, I probably but probably better than you don't. <laughs> uh, so I thought okay. I've actually made my own cocktail. <gasps> really? Yeah. Oh, a Nick Gordon original. Absolutely. And thinking about family, I thought, who in my family deserves a cocktail? 
Oh, wow. I thought, what sort of cocktail would this person like? Okay. So I have made the Aunt Gordon. Yeah! <laughs> Because oh I think we're, we're, we're pretty similar. I can imagine us both liking a really spirit forward. Oh, yeah. Harsh, spiky cocktail. So I put in all the harsh, spiky things I could find. And I have made the Aunt Gordon. The Aunt Gordon. Hooray, hooray, hooray for a true original cocktail on the show. And Aunt Gordon of the finishing school, she runs a tight ship. She does. She she likes a bit of fun, but her pupils fear her. <laughs> Yes. But it's a very glamorous setting. So, you know, I'm excited by this. This yeah. There are many possibilities here. Um, now, um, as I said, I'm slightly isolating, but Nick has been so kind as to drop me off a mystery bottle, a mystery bottle of concoctions. Oh, it's like flashing back to lockdown. <laughs> it isn't is, it? isn't it? Aye. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Well, I can just sit in my room and drink. Way. All right. Well, I think it is time for us to sidle away into our individual poisoners' cabinet kitchens and shake up a storm so We'll see you in a minute. We'll see you in a bit. And we're back. Hello. Oh, Nick, Aunt Gordon has come to call. She is back in the house. And she is a nut brown colour. <laughs> She's a toasty, toasty colour. A toasty, toasty colour. I mean, if ever Nick was going to invent a cocktail, then it would be the brownest of the brown, and here it, it is. It would be the brownest. It's all the brown things. Aunt Gooden wouldn't accept anything less. I quite agree. I quite agree. So br- so brown, very dark. This is the darkest we've mm. had in a while. And that frightens and excites me at the same time, as all good cocktails <laughs> as, should. As, as it should, absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah. There we are. Now, obviously, big caveat, I've, I've had a cold all week. I'm, I'm, oh, that's I'm, true. I'm almost over it, but I do have most of my taste buds and faculties. I'll give it a smell. Oh, no, that smells of alcohol. <laughs> good, good. We've got one of the ingredients. This might cure my cold. <laughs> it may well, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I think I'm also blind now as well, it's, just it's from the fumes. Aunt Gordon's medicinal tonic. Yeah, it does. Oh, it's got a medicinal tonic. <laughs> twang to it though and that is ooh, no, it what no maybe it's my nose but i was about to say my <laughs> nose buds there <laughs> yes yeah, so you and your nose buds they're right off at the moment <laughs> no it i don't know i'm confused Fruit, Just fruity? drink it all right let's let's dive in okay to aunt gordon's health merry christmas to aunt gordon merry christmas <laughs> Ooh, ooh. Mm. oh um, yeah, yeah. Well, there's a lot going on put hairs in your chest Oh, there's a lot going on there. <laughs> mm, no, that well, it's strong. Yeah, I'm. We need some refinement, but um, you bloody invented this. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect first time round. Well, I guess you know. I'm assuming you tried it, but you, maybe you didn't. I don't know. Okay, it's a very spirit forward. Considering I had to make this before I went to work this morning to give you the bottle, so you I did. did. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I didn't have a lot marinating. of breakfast cocktail times. <laughs> <laughs> to try out these different things. You don't start the day with a few sherries <laughs> and a few tequila slammers. <laughs> well, I do, but I can't do that and then cocktails. Cocktail experimentation as well. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Okay, so that it's really interesting. I'm not. I'm not opposed to it. It's got a lovely. S- Ooh, I'm glad. It's got a sweetness to start, and then it gives way to the bitter, bitter, bitter bitterness. But I couldn't tell you what's in it, mm. and that's probably a good thing. I think that probably is a good thing. Yes, because it just tastes interesting and nice, and I would, 
I'm going to go in. I've, I've had a second sip quickly. And I, as I said, I will caveat that my nose, my sinuses are slightly blocked. So I hope I hope <laughs> that's just, not impairing just, it. I would say j- just in case there's something in there that she doesn't like. She's now got the excuse <laughs> that she likes it because she has a cold. Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so that's why all these caveats are coming we out. We know there's going to be something in it that I don't like. <laughs> Aunt Gordon wouldn't treat me well in her school. She wouldn't, no. No, I'd be in the chokey <laughs> before you could blink. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got a lot going on to it when you when you have that sip. It's yeah. like, oh, but I'm I'm kind of okay with it. Oh, it's okay with it. I'm gonna drink it. Definitely died, but um, <laughs> um, okay. Talk us through it, Nick. Because I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with an, a success. Yeah, but talk us through it. Bourbon. Yay! I like bourbon. Bourbon. Like a nice bit of bourbon. Yeah. In there, we have some red vermouth. Nice. But a really punchy red vermouth. Do the punchamez really slap you around the face vermouth? <laughs> slap you around the face and say, "Stop it! I love you." <laughs> so we have the we have the beginnings of a, a red hook style. Yeah, we're on that journey. Then we have some chartreuse. Oh, for God's sake! God damn it! All to hell! I'm entirely convinced that Aunt Gordon would have been a massive chartreuse drinker. Uh, of course, probably just neat with breakfast, <laughs> lunch, dinner, a, a wee little glass in a, a crystal. With a little crystal glass of chartreuse as a digestif. Yeah, a nice sturdy yet elegant crystal glass that she insisted yeah. upon with some very pious breakfast, like a really like <laughs> porridge made with water and a bit of salt. But she'd Something swear like yeah. by a shot of chartreuse in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> which which of the of the of the horrors? The, the green horror. Oh, of course it's the green one. Of course, of course it's the green, green one. one. You need something with a oomph behind it. Um, and then so we have some bitters. I've, we've, I've used some orange bitters. Hmm. So orange and bourbon, orange and vermouth work very well. And that's it. That's it. That's well it. done. Three ingredients. Very good. Three very ingredients. Good. Yeah, absolutely. So it's a it's a cross between a sort of red hooky boulevardier bijou sort of cocktail. Bijou's got chartreuse in it. I bijou is gin. Um, red vermouth and chartreuse. Mm. Bavardier, no Campari, but Campari, chartreuse, the same sort of potentially bittery things. Same so bitterness, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Bavardier, Bijou, Red Hooky, the Aunt Gordon. <laughs> what do you think of it, Nick, as the aficionado? I like it. I like it. I think. I think, it needs some tw- I think quantities need some tweaking. I can't remember what the quantities are, but I'm going to have to... <laughs> when the quantities, what happens, happens. Yeah, exactly. The quantities are a bit of that, a bit of that. <laughs> Not brown enough, a bit more of that. So yeah, the recipe on Friday will be interesting. Well, you were basing this on colour. Yeah, pretty much. Brown, can I How brown can I get it? <laughs> yeah. I'll never be able to make it again, but yeah. <laughs> right. This will be interesting, putting out the recipe. Not in a bad way. It's got a syrupy texture to me am i wrong with that texture well a taste and a, and a texture to it maybe it's the hefty uh red vermouth we don't use yep. that a lot i don't no. have it a lot and you're a little your palate's more accustomed to it i think it's not a bad thing at all it feels thick it feels heavy it's got the medicinal qualities that i don't mind so you've snuck in the chartreuse there i could <laughs> I, I knew there was something going on in there and there we are and maybe the cold is treating me well here actually oh <laughs> now I the said. excuses now the excuses come out yeah 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 i will give high praise here <laughs> this is the sort of thing i can imagine being served at attaboy you know the cocktail yeah. bar 
the guy will put it in front of you and you're not sure the first couple of sips you go do I like this I don't know what's in it and it's a bit weird but actually like yeah you know what I could kick back with this because it's quite a Negroni-esque red hook sort of drink you're not sure about it but you know what it meant I, I could sit and sip sup on this for a little <laughs> while yeah and again I'm giving you far too much high praise there but <laughs> but occasionally you deserve it oh how kind that's probably the best Nick Gordon drink you've ever made mm. I don't often make my own ones but yeah you've made a few so, and they've been kind of fine and like we I have too and they've been kind of fine and like we've just had fun with them but that that's that's up there with Mm. proper aficionado real cocktail it could be it could be i think a real aficionado would get on board with that i think you've got something there because while it's not exactly to my palate i don't mind it that should be praise enough i'm, I'm sure it's probably out there already and someone who has put those three ingredients together no I they haven't no they haven't get to the no, patent first, office right now first time ever that that's these these three ingredients have been put together in a glass i want you at the patent office and going i've invented a cocktail don't you tell me to go away <laughs> oh aunt gordon would be very proud of you i'm glad i'm not sure whether i should keep drinking it that's the thing because <laughs> i've got a shitload of stuff to read <laughs> well nick we have aunt gordon in hand i fear that she wouldn't like to be taken by the hand anywhere she'd more... no I, I can't imagine I'd, i don't think she likes to be touched no <laughs> it's the foundation of all of her glasses <laughs> we're being sort of pushed down the road with a big stick by Aunt Gordon because she's firmly in control. Like yeah, absolutely. This drink has balls and so does Aunt Gordon. <laughs> would you like a story, Nick? Yes, yes, I would. Now, um, as I've said, family is the secret ingredient this week. And on this show, it's not uncommon for family issues to raise their ugly heads. Would you agree? I would agree. Forced to marry someone you don't fancy? Out comes the arsenic. Wife's wealthy parents not heading to the grave soon enough? Strychnine's the answer. Just can't face another Christmas with your weird Victorian uncle with a twirly cane and the suspicious top hat? Burn him alive! It's a regular theme. Often crops up. But occasionally we find stories where familial ties aren't tearing people apart, but rather they bind a family tightly and pave the way for unspeakable crimes. I'm Aaron Mankey. <laughs> I thought I thought it was that or William Shatner. I wasn't sure which way you were going with it. I kept. I, I swear to God, I was writing intros this afternoon, and every single one of them just ended with me going, "I'm Aaron Mankey." <laughs> Many Bothans died to bring us this news. This week, we are looking at families who slay together to stay together. <laughs> Keeping it historic, suitably bloody and silly where we can. Now, this is an area it's very important to say that we have dipped into before with perhaps the mm. most famously murderous family, the Bloody Benders. There have been, there have been a few. Have they? Sawney Bean. Did we done dear old Sawney Oh, that's Bean. on Patreon. That is true. That's on Patreon. But yeah, the Bloody Benders, episode 62, probably the most famous murderous family who murdered together. Now, there have been other murderous families. Actually, when you Google it, you go, oh, dear God. <laughs> a lot of modern ones. People, please do send in suggestions of other ones you'd like to hear. But I think it is time for us to explore more of these cases. Families that roamed the plains of America, <laughs> Nick. Nice. As long as they're on the plains, it's fine. Mm -hmm. And they all kind of are linked in the same era as the Bloody Benders. A very famous story. So I'd say to people, go back and listen to that episode if you haven't already. Enjoy it after listening to this one so you'll get some context as well. And these are standalone stories. And I say stories because we have one and a half 
stories for you today. I mean, that's just an extravagance, I feel. Two stories would be an extravagance. (laughs) We've got one larger case, but there's a smaller case that you can't not mention it in the context of these other stories. They both weirdly took place not long after the bloody Bender's reign and not too far away from them also. Okay. So we're going to start in 1887, Mm -hmm. where if rumours are to be believed, the Bender's family story continued ten years later with the Kelly family. Now, the Kelly family story is short and sweet, but it's intriguing nonetheless. The Kelly family owned a tavern in an area referred to as No Man's Land in South Kansas. They're former cattle farmers. They had moved to the area from Pennsylvania. Just outside of the town, catered for cattlers, travellers, remote. Nice. Mixed up a good cocktail. They mixed up a very, very mean Aunt Gordon. It was just Aunt Gordon throwing gin at people. (laughs) The family comprised 55-year-old William, wife Kate, and their two children, 20-year-old Bill and 18-year-old daughter Kit. Now, no one was worried about this family. They were just simple, had a decent enough tavern, weren't particularly refined, weren't particularly educated, but no bother whatsoever. Yeah, Mm. everyone who went there had a nice time. Trouble was that quite a few people had gone missing in the area Mm. around this time. People die out on the trails, as we know, out in the plains. Uh, They do. No one would have thought for a moment that the Kelly family would have been responsible. But one day in December 1887, a traveller named S.T. Gregg was searching for a missing salesman that he knew and that people had been asking about. He decided to call into the Kelly Tavern to see if anyone knew anything about this man. Had he passed through? Could they help? When he arrives, the tavern is deserted. Not a good sign. The Kelly family seem to have left in a terrible hurry. And nothing is left except a terrible smell. (laughs) Oh, dear. Mm. Is it coming from under the floorboards by any chance? The floorboards, you say? (laughs) Oh, well, maybe we should investigate. (laughs) Oh, yes, let's investigate. uh... Greg decides to venture down into the cellar. Why? Why would you do that? No good comes from going into the cellar. Don't go into the cellar, people. But down he goes into the cellar because that, of course, is where the smell is emanating from. And there he finds three decomposing bodies. Nice. Lying directly under a secret trap door. Ooh, I like a secret trap door. In the tavern's floor. So big similarities with the Bender family there. Mm. Uh, the Benders, obviously, the the smell of the, the viscera was left in the cellar and the bodies were buried elsewhere. Here there's bodies right there. Yeah, just chuck them down there. Exactly, but they both had a trap door, which was nice. But something taint nice. right here, Nick. Well, no, it's three bodies on the floor. Yes, it took him 20 <laughs> minutes to work out. Mm, <laughs> mm. Can't put my finger on it. There's something not quite right. <laughs> the authorities are called. The law comes out to the Kelly Tavern. There is a note that this posse of authorities is led by a cowboy named Texie. Nice. Texy the cowboy. We hear nothing of Texy from this moment on. <laughs> okay. It's the only record of it. Texy runs away. He's going, it's horrible <laughs> in there. It smells nasty. <laughs> and he legs it. He was the worst cowboy ever. I feel like someone just wanted to record his name, but he's a shit cowboy. Was Texy the cow? 
<laughs> Someone miswrote it. <laughs> was that the cow's name? Someone brought in a cow to investigate. <laughs> or the horse. One of the horses was called Texie. You were making judgments on police system at the time. <laughs> so Texie gets to work with his crew of horses and cows. They search the grounds. They, of course, find more bodies buried in the barn. They find a broken skull. They find putrefying remains. They determine that there are 10 bodies in total, including the three Delightful. in the cellar, two of which are women's remains, and the rest they guess are men's they're only able to identify three people by some of the clothing and some of the possessions that are left on the body a salesman drifters vagrants who are these people no one will know who the other seven are they of course find a rusty axe as well with traces of human hair and blood upon it everyone loves a rusty axe we do we do love a rusty axe nice it's determined later on through various sources that the mo of the kelly family was that people would come to the tavern just passing by just coming in hello can i have a drink can i have some supplies the family would welcome them and come in come in come in asking mm. them questions you know about them mainly how wealthy are you <laughs> do you have change for a hundred dollars right now mm. yeah oh big thick pocketbook lovely 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 once they had determined this person was wealthy enough one family member would uh start talking to them william or bill the two boys would chat away while kate the mother would prepare a delicious meal for the traveller, put it down very on the kind, table. Very kind. And yes, wonderful hospitality. Sit down. And when they sat down... Sit down, right here, not there. Right here, right here. In this very special chair, yes. right here, tucking into their food, the family would give the signal and the trap door would open. Nice. The person would fall through the trap door into the cellar, break their neck, die from the fall. If they didn't die from the fall and they were crawling around, someone would go down with an axe and finish them off. That'll do it. So as opposed to the benders who would whack you over the head while you were sitting there and then shove you down the hole, they just thought, let the hole do the work. Let the hole, well, absolutely. Let gravity do the work. <laughs> exactly. They've learned. They've learned, yeah. clearly. Which Should put some spikes in the bottom. It would be more efficient. <laughs> it's a bit medieval, but I like it. Yes. It done the trick. So, yeah, all of these crimes are committed between August and December 1887. So they've done quite well. Now, mm. as the bodies are dug up, wires are sent out in search of the Kelly family and gangs of vigilantes hastily gather. But whereas the Bender's story, if you remember, ended in a damp fizzle, no one ever caught them. There were rumours of sightings, mm. but they ran and they disappeared. This one goes out in a blaze of glory. Nice. See, the family have been spotted, it emerges, en route to New Mexico, driving a team of horses and apparently with a lot of money on them. Whether they'd stuffed the money in their clothes <laughs> or I don't know. Big old fancy caravan. Saddles of pure gold. Exactly, yeah. Bedecked in jewels and all sorts. A good old-fashioned posse of 20 men gather. We don't often have a posse no. on the show. Uh, I like it. <laughs> Set out after them. Track them down. Uh, they're now heading to Texas. They've changed their course. A two-hour chase ensues. You can imagine this. Fully picture the plains of America, Nick. We're there. there. We're there. there. Galloping and they're riding. Hell for leather. Gang of 20 men hot on their heels. Two hours this goes on for. Until, until Mother Kate's horse trips. Oh, Kate flies off the horse, breaks her neck instantly. Dead. Family, keep going. Well, yeah. She's dead. Screw her. Not much you can do now, is there? Nope, that's it. She's gone, children. What? <laughs> they keep going. The chase cannot last forever. 30 minutes later, the children, Bill and and Kit, are cornered by the gang. While William, daddy, gives them the slip. Okay, you're dead to me. Goodbye. <laughs> Off he goes. Mm. They're caught. Kit, the girl, begins pleading for mercy while her brother just sort of goes, shut up, shut up, <laughs> shut up, shut up. The gang bring out 
the ropes. Mm. They put nooses around their neck, tie them to the tree. This is more a lynch mob than a gang, really, isn't it? <laughs> They're going to mete out their own kind of justice. Mm. When you said lynch mob versus gang, sorry, what was the differentiation between well, the two there? They could be uh, a posse you start with. Sounds very jolly. They're having a lovely time. <laughs> They're going to go. They're going to go see a show or something. Oh, Nick, what what do you think a posse is? It's, it's a nice group of chums having a lovely time, <laughs> fanning themselves. I do declare the music hall is packed this evening. Exactly. <laughs> they made them do a few dances. No, 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 no. It's not that kind of posse, Nick. It's 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 the kind of posse where they just tie a rope to a tree yeah, that's, and go, that's, well, that's, well, there yes. we are. That's that's not that's not right. They're going to meet out their own justice. Nooses go round the brother and sister's necks before their justice is dispensed. Kit whispers to her brother, "Shall I tell?" <laughs> Bill says no, swears at them, and I don't know what the swear is because it's bleated out of all of the records. <laughs> so you could make one up if you want. Yeah, let's go with it. He says no. Let them find out for themselves. Ooh. Ooh, but a mystery drama there. Brother and sister are hanged from the tree and left dangling in the breeze as the posse goes on after William. And yes, the last member of the Kelly family is out there on his horse. The gang chase him down. They fire at him with their guns. Gives up. He says, okay, enough's enough. Gets off his horse. Surrenders. Now, at first, William says, okay, 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 about the family. I moved here and gives a very long, convoluted, plotted history of his family's movements. In 1850, we moved to this place from this mountain here, but concludes with, we were just heading towards Texas because there were all these nasty rumours about people going missing, and we just wanted to avoid that. Right, yes, absolutely. That's all I have to say, he Mm. says. Well, it's not all he has to say, because the posse used the old trick of half hanging. Delightful. Get a noose on a tree, hang him for a bit, lower him down. Got anything else to say, mate? (laughs) Nope. Okay, up you go again. Let's drop you down. Pretty quickly, William details the murders. He confesses to everything. He details how the whole family was complicit in the deaths. He gives the correct numbers of bodies, everything that they had done, all for money. Mm. When his last confession leaves his lips, William is hanged from the final time from the tree. And was not let down again. Yeah, so why do people go, oh, you must know you're going to die at that point. If you confess this gang, it's not going to go, okay, off on your way then, off you go. Well, Bill, the son, maybe thought the same thing as he was more like, no, I'm not going to tell him anything. Mm. Screw it. Because yeah, the daughter exactly. apparently was going like, oh, no, 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 you know, I'll tell you everything. And he was like kicking her like, no, 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 no. I'll take it to my no, grave. Not going to make any difference. But William, yeah. it appears he was tortured. Mm. Because if you're half hanged and you're choked and you don't, you, you think. Oh, not much fun. Absolutely kill you quickly or you know or let you go but yeah there you go now it's it's a short story that is the story of the Mm. kelly family is notable because of the similarities with the bender family and of course Mm. people have thought that the kelly's were the benders yes i can see why people go they must be they must be the benders now the dates don't match up in terms of the ages of the benders and the ages of the kelly family there's one writer and again it's not a perfect art because none of the dates are confirmed but it's claimed that kate kelly may have either been elvira bender the mother of the bender family or kate bender the daughter who was a really beautiful one mm. and she like was a spiritualist going oh come and i'll give you readings and i'll also kill you <laughs> there aren't really any firm dates around the birthdays but because the 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 similarities between the crimes are so strong, people think they must be the benders. It's it's perfectly mm. reasonable 
that the Kellys were just the Kellys and they read all about the Benders yeah, and went, exactly. great, let's make some improvements. <laughs> yes, we could put a trapdoor in here. Yeah. Also, one thing people have not pointed out, that the Kellys were not Dutch. There is that also. So yeah, that would that would. The Bender help. patriarchy and the matriarchy were, were pretty, had a heavy accent. So, yeah. mm. but anyway, a short story <laughs> to lead on to another story. Mm. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Another two stories. stories, Nick. Spoiling us. I do like to spoil Aunt Gordon. It's going down quite well, <laughs> Aunt Gordon. It really grows. It really... Mm. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a good cocktail, Nick. You've done a very fine job there. <laughs> so we have another family of killers. Again, not far away from the Kellys or the Benders. Mm-hmm. Now, this one is a bit more detailed, a bit more gruesome in its detail. I will say, I'm sorry, we have not yet come across a bona fide cannibal family. I feel these guys are almost there. (laughs) Okay. I mean, if you're thinking hills have eyes and that kind of thing. And oh, I just, oh, it's so close, so close, so close, so so close. close. But it's creepy setting, (laughs) weird family and strangely omnipresent mother figure. Nice. Everyone loves an omnipresent mother. This is, of course, the Staffelback family. Oh, I've heard of them. Have you heard of them? I have oh, heard of them. Good, good. Because it's it's weird. <laughs> the resources on them are, are very specific, but not wildly known. Mm. But they're usually included in a list of like, here's some crazy people. Uh, that's probably why I, I read about it, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> a, a clipping from the Eagle newspaper read, Not since the horrible crimes of the Bender family has southern Kansas been so excited and so bent on revenge until the bloody butcheries committed by the Staffelback family were brought to light. Mm. I will say there are some excellent newspaper resources that I will quote, but a family that appeared to be mired in crime for many years before turning to murder. The matriarch of the Staffelback family, Nancy, was born Nancy Chase in 1832, Allegancy County, New York. Now, unsurprisingly, not much is known about her childhood. (laughs) One thing which is noted by the press, which I'm not going to quote, is that she had... Native American heritage. Okay. It is used in very derogatory ways that I am not going to repeat on this podcast. It has nothing to do with what happened later, (laughs) unlike the conclusions Mm. that the press drew at the time. I know it was the style at the time. Childhood happens. There was one. It does happen generally to most people. In 1867, she marries Michael Staffelbeck. 
He is Swiss. Swiss heritage, I think. They lived on a farm in Lawrence County, Missouri by this time. And together they had some children. (laughs) Okay. I say some because some people say it was as many as 13. That's a lot. Researchers have only found names for eight of them. Edward, Alonzo, Phil, Louisa, Mike, Emma, George and Mary. Okay. And maybe they just gave up on names with the rest of them. Yeah. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. (laughs) (laughs) Nancy would divorce Michael after 20 years of wedded unbliss. It was not a happy marriage by all accounts. They tended to knock the shit out of each other um, over the years. The pair was said to be equally revolting in their behaviour to each other and to their children. Um, Not so nice. But they get an official divorce. They do go to court and all their dirty laundry is aired in public, after which husband leaves, does not come back, he disappears. Later, she would marry a man named Charles Wilson, who she had had a relationship with for several years after her divorce. But after the divorce, now free, Nancy moves her family and the children over to Joplin in Jasper County, Missouri, to a place called Swindle Hill. Swindle? Oh, I like it. Mm. That's a good name for a hill. I shall describe this area and their lifestyle from (laughs) two newspaper reports. Not one, but two. The San Francisco Examiner wrote in 1897 when their story emerged. Here they gave themselves up to a life of uncontrolled vice. There was no sin which they did not commit and they reveled in an atmosphere of the grossest sensuality. I mean, it sounds bloody marvellous. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds excellent. <laughs> A report, I believe, from the August, I think it's the August in 1897. Again, here congregated the degraded of both sexes, women who had forgotten the meaning of decency and men who were practised in every crime. Nice. A man's life was not safe in the place after dark, and policemen never ventured to it singly. Here the <laughs> Staffelbacks lived several years, the sons practising thievery and other crimes, for which some of them received sentences in jail, and the girls consorting with the degraded of both sexes. Mm-hmm. Again, sounds like a kind of cool place. Yeah, yeah sounds, sounds fun. It was alleged that even in this hot bed of sin, the Staffelbacks' behaviour was too much for the locals. And soon people wanted nothing to do with them. But this area of their life and where they've come to, mm, some other things were going on, which we will come back to. A couple of the sons, as was reported in the press there, uh, Edward and George, also a son, Michael, they would serve different periods of time in prison for petty thefts for different little crimes they would go to jail they would come out the police would come over to the house and pick up all sorts of things (laughs) michael one of the sons had quite the catalog of crimes to his name so much so that he ended up being in jail when the main thing that the staffelbacks would later be accused of happened he was in jail because he was already too busy stealing uh, amongst the things that he stole clothes from a washing line (laughs) later in life chickens Okay. He was a man who just got what he could while he was running around. But yes, George and Edward are the main sons of the family. And George, on his release from jail, from the one of his last little stints in jail, still had time to marry a lady named Cora, who was brought back to the brood, so back to the house. The family would move to a new home on the outskirts of Galena, Missouri. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. In an almost deserted mining settlement called Pickers 
point. And this is where you need to picture the scene. This is a place of decrepit old shacks, farms, a few pitiful hovels for drinking and gambling and whatever else your money can buy. And also a network of deserted mines and gaping empty mine shafts. Mm. Sort of place where if someone gets into a fight has a few crosswords and things go south. Well, a lot of mine shafts you can take advantage of. <laughs> yeah, a lot of holes someone could accidentally fall down. Indeed, that yeah. will solve all of your problems. Now, the Stafferback family have a large household in this area. And this household is intermittently joined by different women over time. And men tend to come to that house quite regularly under the ownership of nancy the mother so we can probably guess what's going on in the house have an idea yes different women flock in and out of the house two of the women named rosa and anna would stay there and later on their stories would inform on this tale that we're now telling all the while mother nancy oversaw the work of her brood yes the police came calling every now and then looking for stolen goods or one of her no good sons for their petty crimes but they soon went away in their life of whatever they wanted, could continue. One night Mm -hmm. in June 1897, a man named Frank Galbraith called at the Staffelback house, seeking the attentions of Miss Emma, one of the daughters. Now, Frank was a miner and he had just been paid for his toils and he had had more than a few ales that evening and he was ready for a good time. Miss Emma had (laughs) extended an invitation to him to the house. He wanted to be let in and benefit from the good hospitality that a lot of the miners in the area had benefited from in the past. But on this night, Mother Nancy refused to let him in. Maybe he was too drunk. Maybe she could see that he had drunk all of his wages away that evening. But she said, no, you're not crossing the door. Frank goes away, comes back a couple of hours later going, no, no, Miss Miss Emma said I could come (laughs) in. I I really, really want to see Miss Emma. Please, a man has needs. Mm. This is enough to enrage the family. And it would later be Anna, one of the young women who had gone to stay slash work in the house who would recount the story. She said, as Frank stood on the porch, Nancy grabbed her corn knife and ran at Frank, ran at Frank and chased him out of the house, off the porch, down the road. Seeing their mother running after this man, Ed and her husband, Charles, jumped up, grabbed their guns and only too willingly chased after him, firing their guns at this man who had just stood there asking to see someone. Under this gunfire, Frank was hit in the hip with one gunshot, but still tried to keep running until Ed drew close to him and shot him in the head. That'll do it. He fell to the ground, not yet dead. Anna and Cora at this time had been running after them too, Cora being George's wife, not a member of the family. But they'd run after them and Anna had grabbed Ed's hand and said, please, please leave him alone. And he said, let me alone or I'll slit your throat. At this point, Ed took his mother's knife, which he willingly handed over, and he slit Frank's throat. Mm-hmm. When he handed back the knife to his mother, Nancy simply wiped the knife clean on her apron. Mm, that's disturbing. It's quite, it's quite unsettling. Yeah, yeah, it is. The girls who were sort of ordered back to the house would later talk about how they, they hid in the, the garden of the house and watched them as they stripped the man of his clothes and his belongings and Ed and George then threw his body down into the flooded mine shaft. <laughs> the men returned, Ed demanding a plate of tamales and clean clothes. 
The family then sat down to a dinner of tamales as if nothing had happened. Oh, calmly have a nice family meal. Family meal together. (laughs) Poor Anna and Cora were shaken to the core, now fearing for their lives but too terrified to talk to the police. The family must have thought no one would, would... wonder about a missing miner who had probably just gotten drunk and stumbled around the place no one was going to report him or go looking through the mines for anything but the reports were that one month later a passerby in the area and this is all the detail there is looked into the mine shaft and saw (laughs) a body floating there right and very bravely told the police about it Well, okay, that's very convenient. I mean, it's very convenient. It's also the sort of thing that if you're in that area and you see a body at the bottom of a mineshaft, you just go, nope, absolutely not. Didn't see anything. None of that. No, 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 Mm. no, no, no. The police were able to identify the body, gathering evidence over a few days to pounce on the Staffelback family. This time with a murder charge, no more petty Mm. crimes or larceny or burglary. No. It's murder. Nancy, Ed and George were arrested, all of them protesting. They had nothing to do with this crime. It was madness. The police had also tried to arrest Charles, Nancy's husband. He escaped because he was in the middle of trying to swindle a hay farmer. (laughs) Nice. Okay. (laughs) I think apparently the the farmer had been planning to turn Charles in, so Charles ran. He ran, so they weren't able to arrest him (laughs) at the same time. On arrest, Mother Nancy is weeping openly, painting herself as the perfect Christian mother. Mm. Mm, Never harm a fly. But now safely away from the tyrannical Nancy and the brutish brothers, Cora, Rosa and Anna give evidence to the police to ensure that the family do not get released. Cora, George's wife, who is described as 19 with a turned up nose, large grey eyes, regular teeth stained from chewing tobacco, (laughs) with a weakness for whiskey, which the police gave her liberally to secure her testimonies. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully these are true. But I think these are pretty traumatized women yeah absolutely and they reveal a catalogue of killings over the years by the family a couple of years earlier the brothers michael and edward had hired in a way two prostitutes took them back to the family ranch and some people refer to it like oh they'd met these ladies and taken them back oh, we know what was happening mm. for some reason they got annoyed about the attention these women had paid to either other men at the house at the time which was obviously operating as a brothel mm. they got jealous with them because they'd been talking to other men it resulted in these girls one of them being beaten to death with the butt of a gun oh christ and the other one was strangled just in a rage by the boys mm. Bodies are wrapped in a sheet, thrown down the mine shaft. It's a wonder there's any space left down that mine shaft. <laughs> Another time, a peddler calls to the house to visit one of the new women living there. Trixie wants to bring her some jewellery. He's an admirer of hers. When he opened his pocketbook foolishly in front of the family, mm. they noticed just how many dollars he seemed to have stuck in there. Yeah. You must spend the night, my friend. Oh, <laughs> please have a go on Trixie a few times. <laughs> During the night, he is probably shot and killed. Money divided between the brothers down the mine shaft. An admirer of Nancy's came by, the mother, and he let slip that he had $35 on him. He left that night followed by Nancy's sons and was never seen again, but the boys returned flush with cash. Another story from Rosa told of a one-eyed soldier who came to visit the house and was convinced to go strawberry picking with Ed. <laughs> okay. He also vanished. 
down the mine shaft. Mm. Come strawberry picking down this mine shaft. It's very damp down there. It's, it's wonderful it's, conditions. It's where, the, it's where the best strawberries grow in this dark, <laughs> dark cave. <laughs> the crimes are laid out in court and the outcome is obvious. Ed and George were sentenced to hang. I believe that ends up with them serving life in prison, whether there's a, the, the death sentence and whether there's, mm. a, there's a caveat at the time that it t- is immediately converted into life in prison. Nancy is sentenced to life in prison for being an accessory. Her husband, Charles, was eventually caught and convicted of aiding and abetting. Eight years into his sentence, he never spoke to Nancy again. During his time, never tried to make contact with him. He appealed for his release, a broken man, it was described, and saying his only crime had been getting mixed up with Nancy and her brood. And he concluded that's what you get from mixing with bad people. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Nancy herself said in court, I have always been a Christian and thank God I have been true to my raising. I used to teach Sunday school in the Spring River Church. If the boys have turned out badly, it is against my teaching. If they have done wrong, let them suffer for their crimes. But before God, I am innocent. Of course, if they are hanged, I will be sorry for them but I will pray for their salvation of their souls. God's will be done. Mm. What a delightful mother. (laughs) Lovely. Nancy Staffelback would die in prison in 1909. And in prison before her death, obviously, she played the part of the frail Christian woman who had never done anything wrong and had known nothing of her son's crimes. But others observed that at times she was indeed the cold, cunning woman that everyone mm. knew her to be. No one ever trifled with her and there would be flashes of violence in her eyes. It's likely that she not only knew what her sons had done, but have actively encouraged it. When she died, her daughter Emma claimed her body and she was buried without ceremony at the local cemetery. And that is the story mm. of the Staffelbeck oh, that's family. Really that's interesting. Slightly terrifying. Yeah, too many mineshafts full of dead people. Couple of uh, stories of crazy familial murders. S- some excellent family murders. <laughs> Nicely done. So when, when, you, when you said family as a secret ingredient, I thought... Oh, is she doing Charles Manson? <laughs> I did, uh, did, did cross my mind, but you went for an entirely different family. I did, I did. <laughs> Hopefully, I haven't let people down there. But um, I was, I was thinking back and forth. But the, the Manson murders—that is a, that's a lot. It is. Oh well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's a lot, and there's there's not a lot of our kind of humour to be found in that. This is true. Really, because it's pretty horrific. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everything's horrific, really. These stories are horrific. These, These are fairly, murders. yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. A lot of people down mine shafts. But... A lot of people down mine shafts. So, yeah, the, you know, the family, it's up to you, listeners. You tell us if you want to hear it. <laughs> but, yes, a, a family living in a creepy mm. kind of settlement with mine yeah. shafts. <laughs> it is very Hills Have Eyes, isn't it? It is. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I... I love that kind of thing i just it's so unsettingly creepy and it mm. feels very far removed from anything that we're used to yeah or, absolutely yeah compare it to the manson family <laughs> this is like oh no you have to have access to a mine shaft yeah yeah this is true which we don't have in england that much well there's a few of them around but um not quite well, could as be many filled with bodies I suppose. exactly yeah i mean there's some just on the outside of canterbury so you never know 
I know, but it, again, in England, concentrated housing, really. The yeah. mine shaft is going to be near some neighbours. They're, they're, they're in someone's back garden now, so. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, people fall down them and you go, ow, I hurt my leg. Rather than, ooh, there's a body down Yes, here. not, ooh, ow, I've landed on a pile of corpses. <laughs> yeah. Which, which no one wants, Pretty really. Pretty much, yes. I do like uh, that family kind of dynamic of just, let's all just commit to killing people and stealing from them. Well, I think it's, 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 I mean, it must be, it's parental driven, isn't it? I mean, I, I can't, I can't imagine the kids go, start a murdering and then the parents go, oh yeah, that looks like fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's probably very much the other way yeah. around. Um, in that it's, it's driven by the parents who, and then the, that environment of general murdering yeah. is entirely normal. So why the hell not get stuck in? Because that's what that's what families do. Yes. A family that murders together stays together. Indeed. Slays <laughs> together, stays together. And again, we will always put the caveat in here that while we are lighthearted on this podcast, this is what you sign up for. That family, the parental guidance would have been very, very unpleasant for the younger children mm. when they were growing up, particularly yeah. the girls. I'm sure there was a lot of stuff that went on there. That is not fun. Certainly was not reported on, was not detailed in the papers because it just wouldn't have been. It just wouldn't have no, been. It would just have been, as I said at the beginning, they focused on the heritage of Nancy. They talk about yeah, her heritage and her gene pool and everything, saying that's why she's such a she's such a psychopath. So obviously we, we, we do know there was probably a lot of other unpleasantness going on in those families. Gotcha. Yeah. Which all led to them killing people and being fine with it. But yeah, the girls outside of the family, the uh, the ones who were married in or the prostitutes who were kind of brought into the brothel. Yeah. They, they were the ones who... On. Well, no, they, they couldn't get out. You yeah, know, absolutely. What can they do? And and once the family were caught, they were just the police. I will tell you everything. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> here's everything. Here's a list. Here's details. Here's some sketches that I've drawn. Because once you've seen too much, there's no getting out without ending up down a mineshaft. Um, mm. so <laughs> they've got to keep their mouth shut. Which is very frightening. Especially out mm, in the terrifying. middle of nowhere. You're not going to run, absolutely. are you? Yeah. Yeah. But yes, creepy family murders. Mm. Well, what do you think, people? Do you know the story about the Staffordback family? Do you know the story about the Kelly family? How much of these stories do you think have been embellished over the mm. years because of the mythology about the Bender family? Now, I kept mentioning the Bender family through this because really when you look through the archives and you look through all the newspaper reports that are out there, you can read them. There's all these references to the Bender family and maybe people have gotten a little bit carried away going, mm. oh God, we've got another case of the bloody Benders. Let's really <laughs> ramp this stuff up. Do you think it was as bad as that? Do you think it was worse? Do you think there was more to it? Mm. Oh. Well, jump on the comments of anywhere where you listen to this episode and share your thoughts, share your theories, send us DMs, email us if necessary. But most importantly, you need to have a good long chat with Aunt Gordon. Absolutely. You need Aunt Gordon in your life. You do. She'll, she'll set you on the right path wherever you're going wrong. Yeah, I will try and remember what the <laughs> recipe is. What did you do, Nick? What did well, you do? It was a bit sort of that, that, bit of that. And then I think some of that, that sounds about right. Looks about right. So, uh, yeah, I'll give, I'll give some approximation of what I put in it. Uh, or I might just have to have another one to yeah, so, yeah. really, really get it down. But to be fair, Nick, that's the thing is that you, a true mixologist, you just know. 
Yeah, it's just free pouring all the way. You don't need no measuring jugs or jiggers. <laughs> you just know by instinct what makes a yeah. good drink. And you did it proud there. Yeah, <laughs> There will be some form of recipe out on Friday for the, yeah, for the Aunt Gordon. Give it a go. Let us know what you think. And tell us what you are drinking this weekend. Send pictures, send suggestions of new cocktails that you'd like to see and new secret ingredients. We'll work them into the stories somehow. But also, of course, send us new story suggestions. If you haven't joined us already on Patreon, please come over and enjoy the platform. We put out a little promo of Patreon this week. We will do that occasionally on the main feed of these episodes just so people who aren't on social media who haven't come over to Patreon yet can get a taster of what we're doing doing on there it really helps to support independent podcasters like us thank you to everyone who's left us reviews and keep telling people about the poisonous cabinet because it is a lovely place thanks for listening guys we have been the people inside the poisonous cabinet we will see you next week and remember your loved ones are trying to kill you